Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. With me, as always, is the inventor of the infomercial and the original shark on Shark Tank, Mr. Kevin Harrington. Kevin, thanks so much for being with us. Hey, Seth. Great to be here. Thank you. It's a sunny day in Florida today. I'm loving it all, all day. 80 degrees in Buffalo, so we're catching up. Not bad. I like that. Not you get a little bad. suntan, I can tell. A little bit, a little bit. With us is someone who is perpetually tan, Carl George, the founder of Champions Basketball League. Carl, thanks for joining us. Hello, Seth. Hello, Kevin. Kevin, I hope you came through the storms okay. Thank you. You know, we had some heavy winds and a few trees down here and there, but no surge. And power was gone for about five or six days. Uh, but if that's all we had to deal with, it was a blessing. And we're, we're, we're all good now. We're about back to 100%. So thanks for, thanks for asking. And, um, you know, any, any more today, that Puerto Rico's getting hit again. It's like, you know, it's, it's that time of the year, I guess. So we'll just keep our fingers crossed for everyone out there. Stay safe. Absolutely. Say some prayers. Thanks. All so, right. Carl, Champions Basketball League. Yes. What so many, I mean, there are so many, there have been so many failed attempts to start sports leagues other than, you know, the NBA, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, National Football League. Uh, what inspired you to say, I can do it right? So there's 300 plus, you know, failed leagues since the 1950s. I didn't realize it was 300. That's a lot more than I thought. And five to 10 a year is, is kind of what they're, what they're racking up currently. But there's one concept through all this, and that is, is professional sports is based upon the athlete. It's their level of accomplishment. It's their level of performance. And what happens every year in America, you probably know this, there's, there's 4,400 professional athletes, and they average less than four years. So, you know, more than 1,000 professional athletes a year are cut by their leagues, and there's no follow-on. There's no dancing with the stars for most of these folks. There's no continued connectivity. In basketball, specifically 120, 130 players, it's taking place this month, over this 30 days. 130 NBA players will learn that they're not being re-signed. They'll effectively be cut. There is no follow-on for that. They can go overseas and play. They have to leave their families. Now, the 120 players in the NBA get cut every year. They have 450 players, so we know they have an average life of less than four years, and the average guy is not going to escape that. Now, what's interesting is they go into the league at the age of 22, almost like clockwork. So they're 26, 27 years old on average coming out. The other thing they can do is they can try to go into other businesses. They can own subways. They can become carpenters. They can become senators or go back to law school. But that's not what they've spent their life becoming great at. About five of these guys will make it back into coaching. About five of these guys will make it into media if they're charismatic enough. But that leaves about 110 players with no future earning ability 
related to something they've spent their entire you know, life's work becoming the best in the, in, in the world to basically create a capability for them that allows them the, 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 the ongoing use of those skills. We have a men's summer league that plays in the summer. We do exhibition games during the off season and international games. And this continues to deploy them and also deploys them back into their communities, the way you reconnect them to their cities, their towns, and the youth leagues is through this approach is really what we've pioneered. And Carl, the, 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 uh, the players that you end up getting involved with Champions League, they have to be at a certain kind of level of a previous uh, success, I, I think, correct? I mean, have to have uh, had to have been, you know, had a pretty good game so that, they, you know, these are some of the top stars that existed prior and they may have some social media following and some, you know, some real buzz about themselves still. So while, while, you know, while they may not be playing in the NBA, they still have the prime of their life ahead of them as well as, you know, a great amount of, 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 of buzz in the marketplace. Well, and, and that's really it. About 15% of the NBA, the All-Stars and Hall of Famers, will stay in the league typically till they're 38, 39 years old. So that shows you the playing life. A player becomes a pro at the age of 22. Uh, they're all competing eventually against father time. And by the age of 40, they're no longer, you know, able to compete. So you got about an 18-year average life for a pro athlete, and most of them, lose their position in the first four years. So they actually have much more post-life than, than playing life. We only take players who are in the NBA. Uh, we only take them within the first three years of their coming out of the NBA. Because once a player's been out of pro basketball for more than three or four years, they simply get too rusty to, to necessarily reestablish. So that gives us a playing pool of about 500 players at any given time who can participate on teams in the sport. Now, after that, off the court, and we can move them into things such as our golf division or our high school and college camps or international or our front offices or our media or any of these various other divisions, they can continue to work with us and continue to bring value. Is this ongoing life cycle, if you will, that makes the best use out of the athlete? And that's really, I think, what we've accomplished. We now have 160 players signed and in the league, and we're adding to that as we grow the league up from here. Great, great. Now, you've got some incredible differences between what a fan would experience, let's say, at a normal NBA game and what they would pay and what they would get for their money versus what they get with, with champions. We do. So, you know, the experience itself is what people are paying for. First of all, we have low-cost tickets. They're on average $25. Secondly, we've got an hour-long shoot-around for kids before the game. We've got a reception after the game. Fans can travel with the teams. If you're a super fan owner, uh, you can come to practices, and it's free, as it would be for any owner. There's a number of factors that we built into the experience itself, from better seating and parking to being able to come to the arena, you know, long ahead of the game. So these factors become social. They become a better way to experience it. We have owners-only merchandise, owners-only events, owners-only holiday parties, and various other aspects. So 
you know, today you don't really get a chance to interact with a professional athlete unless you're a family friend or it's a brief occasion. There's very little, action, you know, interaction that actually takes place. And that's necessarily so. You know, it's such a, an intense multi-billion dollar each sport, each team uh, industry that that's just simply what comes with it. It's like Hollywood in the stature and nature of its top stars. Our players are then once removed from that. We're really the tail of the comet. We can play in cities and states that don't have NBA teams during our offseason. Places like St. Louis or Tampa or San Diego or Seattle. We can host golf tournaments. We can host high school and college camps or even cruise ships with the athletes you love. So we're a sports marketing business built out of the primary material of sports, which are the athletes themselves. So, Carl, on the business side of, of you know, Champions League now, how many cities have you launched in um, and what's the game plan for just the, the overall kickoff of, of the league and, and the direction that you're taking now? So this year we're launching 12 teams uh, here in the U.S., six in the East and six in the West. And in 2018, we'll launch an additional 12 teams to grow up to a total of 24 teams is what we're after accomplishing. Right. The past year saw us host uh, exhibition games, exhibition clinics and camps. Saw us host our initial player events. And we'll be posting actually hurricane relief events, one of which is tentatively scheduled, Kevin, for your backyard of, of, of Tampa Bay because it's during the NBA season. So we play in non-NBA cities and states. So in Florida, Jacksonville or Tampa are the two cities we're considering, and Tampa's the likely, likely city that we'll do that in probably in November uh, is the current estimate. Right, so we right. will be playing around the country. Then we'll be beginning our summer season in July. Uh, the first week in July, we'll host our 2018 summer season. And we should get in about 200 games a year with our player pool. Now, Carl, you've got some high-profile celebrities themselves investing in, Lee, investing in teams, yet you've chosen to do a large share of the investment capital via crowdfunding and making it available at various price points to the everyday fan. Uh, what was the reasoning behind that? We have. First of all, we set aside 15% of each of the team's ownership for fans to be able to directly invest. We think that that's the right percentage. So the vast majority of the capital that's put up originally, uh, which is arguably a higher risk, is done by, by private owners, what we call the lead owners in each of the cities. Then we set aside 15% for the uh, players and 15% for the, um, for the individual uh, fans to be able to invest in as well. And that gives them the chance to participate, to have perks, to literally be part of the ownership. Not the least of which, in each of the cities across the country, you'll find that their sports teams were their best performing businesses. So in Tampa, or in Seattle, or in Chicago, or in Barcelona, owning sports businesses or investing in sports businesses have really been some of the America's best businesses you can find. So this allows them to invest for investment purposes for growth. Uh, it also allows them to invest to be a greater part, if you will, of the team and of what, they're, what, what they love the most about the sport. Great. 
and so the um, so the big opportunity uh, for some of these players is to you know to continue their career and the visibility and celebrity status. Um, do, do do the players end up in any kind of um, uh, an equity stake of any of the leagues themselves, or how does that you know? What's that they mean? do. In fact, yeah. the player amount of ownership that's equivalent to what the what the fans are able to invest in. So we set aside 15% of each team. Yeah. And truthfully, it's the first time most of these athletes have actually had the ability to be owners okay. in their sports and in their business. Yeah. And that's an asset that they can build and own and they can add to over time. And so we see it as a new model. We see the fans as potential uh, owners. We see the players as partial owners. We see the lead local owners being the original capital in each team. And that model is being proven out. Our New York team is now available uh, through direct investment, as is our Los Angeles uh, superstars. In fact, it's open as a, as a Reg CF uh, on Start Engine currently. So we're, we're having success with this. We see it as an ideal model, and we see it as a model that other people will copy over time. And how's the Reg A doing in New York so far? So the reggae in New York, we, we wanted to see if we could get 750 investors who were like-minded, uh, and we got 1,700. Wow. So, so, so the report there is very good, and now we're going to replicate that in each of our 24 cities. Beautiful. Fantastic. Oh. You also have some celebrity participants, both as investors and in the back office. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? We do. So, you know, celebrity and sports are closely aligned. And so across the country, we have team owners uh, who, who, who are involved with the league um, here in New York City, Star Branding, uh, and its president, uh, Bern Ullman, uh, are in fact uh, lead owners of the New York Gotham Ballers. Star Branding is a firm uh, built with uh, Bern Ullman, uh, Tommy, and Andy Hilfiger, a uh, really solid, successful New York City uh, business story. We have this similarly in other cities uh, across the country. We then have celebrities that become attached. In New York City, we have Ice-T. is literally our celebrity owner for the New York uh, team. And in LA, we have Snoop, who's also our celebrity commissioner. And we'll be announcing other celebrities in other cities over the next six months as well as we grow the league up. And you've had some quite a bit of uh, NBA legends uh, participating in the back office. Tell us, share with our audience a little bit about that. We do. So we have a program with our front offices where we involve Hall of Famers and All-Stars. Dominique Wilkins in Atlanta is the president of our Atlanta front office here in uh, New York City. Uh, Clyde uh, is, is, is our team president out in L.A., Byron Scott. Um, are folks that we've attached to the team who bring a lot of history uh, to it. The connectivity to the past with the present gives the fans one more aspect, one more point of connectivity. And we're going to do this with all the teams across the country. So what we've been able to accomplish uh, is how do you take the past glory of a city, how do you bring competitive basketball, what's on the court, must be highly competitive 
And how do you make this then something that everybody can participate in at different levels? Uh, I'm proud of what we've built. I'm proud of the team we've put together to build it. Mark Aguirre is my president of basketball, is a, you know, a future Hall of Famer and all-star uh, from the past. is an incredibly solid guy. Brian Kelly, Lisa Dindorf, uh, Jill uh, Miyamoto, uh, Mark Scoggins in L.A. came out of the Los Angeles Lakers. So we've had the ability to build a team of managers to carry this out. And that's really been one of the great fun parts of, of seeing the business come together. It's an incredible business and an incredible story. Um, anything else you want to share that we didn't think to ask you? You know, I would love for people to join us. You, you can find us on startengine.com. Uh, it's the LA superstars. Take a look at it. If you'd like to add sports to your portfolio, um, this is a nice way to do it. It's a nice way to be able to invest small amounts to experience it in a different way and to be a part of professional sports. And I appreciate, you know, the program that you've put together to bring these out to the, uh, to the investing and uh, participating community. And I appreciate the time to be on today. Hey, Carl, I'm just going to find, I'm going to, my final comment is I think it's a great idea for people to be able, you know, 1,700 individuals will now be owners of a team in New York area. Um, that's the great, I think, way to, to build this business is letting not only small investors have a little equity, but also the players. So I think it's a, it makes, it's this whole crowd, you know, funding and player you know, kind of the player crowd also, um, the, the two concepts together is a, is, is a win-win situation. So good luck to you. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Seth. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. Great show. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>